Welcome to Deep Dive Radio. I'm your host, Alan James. This show is dedicated to revealing the truth that lies beneath the surface. Are you ready for the truth? Then join me now for another exciting episode of Deep Dive Radio. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. If you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, go to deepdiveradio.com and donate now. Good morning. It's Saturday, June 11th, 2023. This is Episode 17, Reversing Alzheimer's Part 2, The Survivor Stories. Back in Episode 12, I had a testimonial of a patient of Dr. Bresden and uh, what she had to say about her recovery. But I wanted to take a deeper dive into this and listen to some more people talk about their recoveries as well. You know, when it comes to Alzheimer's, the status quo from your doctor, the prognosis is always the same. It's, look, there's nothing we can do about this. Get your papers in order. Get your will done. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, and, and that's pretty much what they tell you. And they give you drugs that kind of do nothing, that pass through FDA because of big money people paying people off. None of them work. And, and so that's the status quo. And you also hear, you know, doctors saying, or so-called experts saying, well, you know, if a doctor or anybody tells you any differently that there's a cure and it's reversible, they're probably charlatans and they're just in it to make money. Uh, don't trust those people. That's what you're going to hear, okay? So if you know me, I don't take anybody's word for anything. I'm a digger. I look into it. So I started digging saying, really, there's no cure. There's nothing you can do. And I started looking into it. And I found more than one doctor, but mainly this doctor, Dr. Bredesen. And I mentioned him in, in other episodes. But I want to talk about today, you know, the success stories that he's had with the survivors of his protocol, which is called Recode. Okay. And he has three books out. I have all three of them. And I'm very impressed with what I read. So I'm passing this on in hopes that I can bring someone hope. I can bring any kind of hope. Anyway, the title of these books are called The End of Alzheimer's. The second book is The End of Alzheimer's Program. The third book is The First Survivors of Alzheimer's. And this book documents testimonials from seven different patients that all recovered and reversed their Alzheimer's. And this is their testimonials. So this is the book we'll be referencing today. So Dr. Bredesen claims to have spent the last 30 years of his life searching for the underlying causes of Alzheimer's rather than what they're just doing now, and that is just treating the symptoms because they believe there's no cure, so they're just trying to make the symptoms better. This guy has looked into it for 30 years on what the underlying cause was. And really, they should be doing that for every disease, not just Alzheimer's, but they don't. I once asked my doctor about that. I said, hey, how come we don't look at the underlying causes of these problems that I'm having? And she said, because it would cost too much. That just blew me away when, when she told me that. I was just like, this is the state of medicine today. Incredible, right? So anyway, back to Alzheimer's, okay? The protocol now is they, they think that the amyloid plaque has, is causing the disease, when in fact, Dr. Bredesen says, no, that's a, actually a protective agent that's happening. The plaque is not causing the Alzheimer's. It's many other causes, and the plaque's just there trying to protect your brain. 
But still, they persist on this because a lot of money was put into this concept that amyloid plaque is what's causing Alzheimer's. But Dr. Bredesen says, no, that's not true. And so, but so much money's been put into it that, you know, the FDA is going forward with it regardless. Even though all the drugs they've tried so far have failed because they're barking up the wrong tree, according to Dr. Bredesen. All right, so basically in this episode, we're going to listen to testimony from patient Zero, and her name is Kristen. And then we'll go on to listen to three more testimonials after that. So first up, I want to read an excerpt from the book, The First Survivors of Alzheimer's. Let's start out with an excerpt from Kristen's journal. Listen up. I know that I'm in the slippery slope into Alzheimer's, and I am terrified. My short-term memory is gone. Thoughts fly out of my head seconds after they form. I can't deny or hide it any longer. I feel lost. My heart is in my throat. I can't swallow. My ears are ringing. I'm hyperventilating. Seeing these words in my journal makes it real. My brain is slipping away. I'm really scared. The train is out of the station and it's going downhill without brakes. I unlock the file drawer and take out the bag of sleeping pills I've collected over the past two years. I kept each prescription in its original container to keep track of the expiration dates. I want them to work when the time comes. But it's not time. Not yet. I have things to do before I die. I only hope that I will have the courage to act and that I will do so before I no longer know how or when to do it. I put the pills away and lock the drawer. All right, and then it goes on to say here, that scary passage from my diary reminds me of how far I've come. Reading it is painful, but doing so keeps me focused on the importance of staying on my path. This glimpse into my story is a testament to the success of Recode, the Bredesen Protocol. Without the protocol, I would not be able to express my thoughts or write about them and I'm sure I would not even be alive today. I have mixed feelings about telling my story. I procrastinated miserably writing this because remembering the details, especially reliving my feelings, brings back the fear. Even with my amazing success in reversing cognitive impairment, the terror of what almost was grabs me by the throat and squeezes the breath out of me. But here I go with the hope that sharing my story will help others and perhaps dispel some of the skepticism. All right. And you guys know me. I like to take deep dives. That's why we call this Deep Dive Radio, right? So in my research, I discovered a Zoom meeting that Dr. Bredesen had with four of the survivors. We're going to listen to what they had to say, and we'll start with Christian first. Take a listen. Uh, could you give us a, a little background? Tell us a little bit about uh, when it was first suggested that you come to the book and tell us a little bit about the beautiful story that you wrote for the first survivors of Alzheimer's. My, I wouldn't be here today. My, I wouldn't have my life um, were it not for, for Dale and the protocol. And so I'm extremely grateful. One of my oldest and best friends, uh, she knew uh, Dr. Bredesen from uh, another um, arrangement, and she suggested that I fly out from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? You know, I was really so desperate. And so I did. And uh, we spent, what, a few hours, Dr. Bredesen, I think. Uh, he was explaining a lot of things, which at that stage went right over my head. 
And I realized uh, from that conversation that I had really been doing all the wrong things, not sleeping, not eating properly, uh, high stress, um, just everything on the list, practically exposure to mold, exposure to other uh, toxic elements. So I was forgetting the most simple things. I was mixing up the names of my pets. Uh, I was actually calling my grandchildren the wrong names. I was getting lost on very familiar um, places when I would go, when I would drive. I would reach for the light switch on the wrong wall. I mean, I literally was going down that slippery, slippery slope very, very fast. And I knew it. And it's that gripping terror. If any of other people have felt this, you think, oh my God, I know what's happening to me. I, and it's like, it takes your breath away and you don't know what to do. And the more you don't know what to do and the more stressful and tense you get, the less you can think straight. So I was terrified and I, I knew where I was going. And I said to Dr. Bredesen that day, uh, I'll do whatever you say. You want me to eat dirt? I'll eat dirt because I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I really think that's the answer. I think it's compliance. I think this uh, you, you, you uh, hit the nail on the head when you said it's a hard work that we've all done. And it is hard work. It's the hardest work you'll ever do. And you've got to be committed and you've got to be willing to do the work or you will not get a good result. So. Yeah. And what before you came out, what had your doctor told you? Well, my doctor told me that I was on the same path that my mother was. Um, and, you know, there are other issues that being in a doctor's office, they just basically tell you, we'll come back in six months. And I guess then you get to go on Aricep or one of the other drugs. Um, and I did not want to, to do that. I wanted an alternative. So that's what really uh, compelled me to get myself out to Dr. Bredesen's office. I don't know about you, but that's pretty convincing testimony. I know if it was me, if my doctor diagnosed me with early stage Alzheimer's, I wouldn't hesitate to get on this program. Even if I knew there was only a half a chance, I'd still get on this program. She said it's a lot of work and you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices. But what's the alternative? You got to try, don't you? You can't just sit there and say, well, I wish I tried. And then when it's too late, you decide to do it. Do it early. If it was me, that's what I would do. I'd get all the books. I'd do the protocol. Just do it. All right. So um, that was a testimony of patient zero. So now let's listen to another patient that Dr. Bredesen had great success with. And this is Sally. Let's listen to what she has to say. Let me move on to Dr. Sally Weinrich, who is a who is a nursing professor, uh, and of course uh, talked to people about Alzheimer's disease years ago, um, and had herself gone through a very well well diagnosed amyloid positive PET scan, APOE4 positive genetics, um, you know, multiple symptoms, actually to the point of being on a drug trial for Alzheimer's disease. And Sally, could you talk to us a little bit about? Uh, how you came to, to know about this. I remember the, the first email I got from you uh, and then uh, how you're doing these days. My best news is I've been on Recode for five years. Um, in the book, I talk about it four years, but I wrote the book a year ago. Right. Um, so I've been following Recode for five years and it works and it works wonderful as long as I follow it. Um, as 
Dr. Bredesen just said, I actively, as a retired nurse researcher, actively sought out research. I enrolled in a national trial. Um, I was told I'd have advanced Alzheimer's in 10 to 15 years because I was positive for beta amyloid plaques. And starting with my second IV infusion, I not only got worse on my score and my timing, but I got irritable. I had trouble sleeping. Um, I got anxious. And it would last anywhere from two to five days, increase in time with each subsequent IV. I wanted to withdraw from the trial. They encouraged me to stop for three months and then come back. I did that. And then in three months, I withdrew permanently. In the meantime, my husband heard about Dr. Bredesen on a talk show. I emailed him, asked if I could be part of his research. And um, I started the protocol. Um, his first publication talking about in 2014, talking about 10 people in which nine of them had reversed the Alzheimer's. He described the lifestyle changes. I started those. And then I had the cognoscopy. Um, for those of you who, first of all, I encourage everyone to get a cognoscopy. Um, it's a diagnostic that covers all the risk factors. You have a lot of blood drawn. Yeah. Um, I was discouraged when I got my results because I was less than optimal or abnormal in almost every one except Lyme disease. I also discovered I was positive for um, one of the APOE4 or the Alzheimer's gene. Mm -hmm. And then I also was tested for my toxicity problems. Um, and I found that I had a rare and a multiple susceptible genetic link, meaning I um, reacted negative to more than one toxicity. And my initial toxicity was living in a home with mold in 2000. And yeah. I love being on the program. I've changed my lifestyle. I've learned how to handle stress. I sleep more. I like doing um, Brain HQ each day. Um, my life is great. The best it's ever been. And you had mentioned in the book, you talked a little bit about forgetting to pick up your granddaughters. Uh, yeah, that. I think we all use denial and we deny as long as we can, as long as it works. And when I forgot to pick up my granddaughter, daughters, one morning, I told myself, forget the denial, Sally, you've got Alzheimer's. All right. So there's another great testimonial. And what impresses me is that this woman is a doctor. And another thing that caught my attention was she said, she likes taking this test every day called Brain HQ, I think you said. So naturally, I get, you know, I'm curious. I want to see what is this Brain HQ. So while I was right in the middle of recording this episode, I stopped what I was doing and went on and created my own account and took just a few minutes of the test. It's pretty impressive. So I guess it's designed to keep your brain uh, sharp, you know, your memory sharp and, and, and other things. So I, hey. I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to the next patient and what they had to say. We're going to go over to Frank. Let's listen to what Frank had to say. Uh, but I got to California and I met Dale. Not only did I meet Dale, I, I got the opportunity to listen to Julie. And Julie was the first person that I had ever heard that had the same symptoms as me. Same symptoms. Like I lived on an island for 35 years and I would get lost driving around and Julie had a similar experience in another small town, but 
before I actually met her, I listened to her give a presentation for about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, maybe. And she was sharp as a tack. She was like, you know, just like she is right now. She was sharp. And that really got me interested in the protocol. Yeah. Uh, so I met with Dale after all that, and he he laid he he laid out the whole protocol, the thirty six points, the holes in the roof, all that stuff, and I really understood it. And I went home and I started practicing it. And uh, within, I had already before I even met Doctor Bredesen, I had I had improved a little just from like duplicating his his original study, but. Uh, I improved relatively quickly. That was in 2015 and 16. Okay, now that was Frank's story. And that's, you know, the more I listen to these stories, the more hopeful I become. You can't help but feel encouraged about the results that Dr. Bredesen's getting with these patients. Now let's take a look at Julie G's story. Julie G has the genetic mutations from both parents that predisposes her to acquiring AD from 50, you know, like 50% to 90%, some studies show, of that she's going to develop AD at some point in her life. And of course she did. Her story is really quite remarkable, folks. This is a lady who has the genetic mutations from both parents and has recovered. So I saved the best for last. You know, her story is just remarkable. And she's gone on to create a website for people that have this mutated gene, which is APOE4. And to go there, you just type in www.apoe4.info. So now let's listen to what Julie had to say about her recovery and also her website. Take a listen. Um, let's talk to Julie. And, and of course, Julie does the Facebook Lives uh, with us uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, and she is uh, dealing with thousands of people who are APOE4 positive. She is at a very, very high risk with two copies of APOE4. So in that group, as we know, more than 50% of people, in some studies up to 90% of people, uh, will go on to develop dementia. So very, very happy that she's done so exceedingly well. And she's also been dealing with uh, issues for uh, over nine years. Um, so, Julie, could you, and you've got a, a beautiful story in the book as well, as, as everyone here does. Uh, so, as, as I mentioned earlier to, to people before we started, um, a number of people have told me that when they read your stories, um, they cried. Uh, so, this, you've really, I think, uh, you know, touched the heartstrings of many, many people. So, Julie, please tell us a little bit about your own story. Yeah, so I took part in genetic testing when I was turning 50. And that's when I learned I carried two copies of the APOE4 allele. And my story's a little different than everyone else's because I didn't have the luxury of the blueprint of Dr. Bredesen's protocol. Um, I, uh, this was back nine, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. So I, when I realized I was at high risk for Alzheimer's, I took a hard look at my cognition and I realized that I had been struggling for quite a while. Um, I had started getting lost in very familiar places. I had incidents where I ran into people that I should have known and I didn't know them. Um, I struggled with simple paperwork, with balancing the checkbook, with calculating a tip, 
my personality was changing. I was very frustrated. I'd been a lifelong reader and I was struggling to read. It, it wasn't um, enjoyable anymore because I couldn't remember what I had just read. Um, so I decided to do some cognitive testing. I did. And I learned I was in the mid 30th percentile for my age group. I was only 50 years old and I just still couldn't believe it. So I repeated the cognitive testing and I got the same score. Um, that's when everything really came home to me. I looked into Alzheimer's to try to figure out what I could do. At this point, I was very naive. I thought I could take a pill or something. Um, I went to the Alzheimer's Association website and they said it was preventable, incurable, untreatable and progressive and most people are dead within 10 years. So I was already very frightened. And at that point, um, I was truly terrified. Luckily, 23andMe provided forums where I could engage with other APOE4 carriers, and I did. And we created a community and a family, and we very quickly turned to the science. And we began reading every journal article we could find, every medical paper we could find, every specialist we could talk to, to try to figure out what we could do to mitigate uh, the symptoms of our high-risk allele. And as I began learning about all of these strategies, I began applying them. So I dramatically changed my diet. I changed the way I exercised. When I learned I had two copies of APOE4, I realized I was very fragile and I had been leading a very stressful, high-paced lifestyle. And I learned I couldn't do that anymore. Um, so I began to prioritize my sleep. I began to meditate. Um, I did daily brain training and I did something sort of stupid there. If I didn't beat my score from the day before, I stuck with it until I did, which is something I don't recommend because it's very stressful. I also started taking targeted supplements. Um, I started following various biomarkers as I learned about the relevance to cognitive decline. Started tracking my fasting glucose, my fasting insulin, my HbA1c, my vitamin D, my homocysteine, and so on. I also paid attention to toxins in my environment. Um, I made sure the water that I drank was clean, the air that I breathed was clean. Even the toiletries and cosmetics I put on my skin, I made sure they were as toxin-free as possible. I used the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep database to identify the cleanest products. Um, and I did this protocol that I put together. I call it the kitchen sink approach. And after a year, I repeated cognitive testing and I was in the mid 90th percentile for my age group. Um, I, I then found Dr. Bredesen's amazing paper that he published in 2014 with the 10 case studies. I contacted Dr. Bredesen by email, shared my story. I also founded a nonprofit called APOE4.info along the way where all these APOE4 carriers can gather. Um, I'm still serving as president and uh, that organization is thriving and we're learning so much together. Um, I was stunned when Dr. Bredesen reached out to me. We spoke on the phone that same day and we've been working together in some capacity um, ever since. And you know, my story isn't over, I'm on my journey. 
And Dr. Bredesen helped me identify other contributors that I never would have found on my own. I learned I had a very acute Lyme disease co-infection that was driving much of my pathology. Um, in many ways, I was the perfect storm. I um, became insulin resistant as I approached menopause. I had an abrupt onset of menopause. I had had a head-on vehicle, uh, motor vehicle crash uh, 20 years before. Many, um, several, two or three um, surgeries with general anesthesia. Um, and then you layer all of that on top of the APOE4 homozygote status. Um, and the Lyme disease co-infection, and I was just the perfect storm. Yeah. And I'm so blessed to be doing as well as I am now, and so blessed to be with all of these amazing people. All of your stories brought tears to my eyes. All right, so that's an amazing story, right? What I want to make clear here is that Julie G. had many more things stacked against her than most people. First of all, she had both mutations, of the APOE4 from both parents. But I guess they call them copies. She had two copies of that. And then she had Lyme disease and, and many other contributors. So she was one of those people that were lined up for the worst case scenario. Anyway, um, her, her story is remarkable. You can go on her website I mentioned earlier, APOE4.info. And I want to bring up as well, in Dr. Bredesen's first book, The End of Alzheimer's, uh, in, in Appendix A, if you'd like to get some of these lab tests, you can do a direct-to-customer laboratory testing. And the two that he has listed here, uh, I'll, I'll just give all the websites that are on this page here. Let's see. Direct-to-customer laboratory testing. We have www.anylabtestnow.com. And then there's www.aacc.org. And then there's direct-to-customer laboratory testing 2.com pdf.la equals en. This is an appendix A in his book, The End of Alzheimer's. So you'll find all of them there. All right. So that's all the time we have today. I want to thank all the fans of Deep Dive Radio for listening today. And join me every Sunday, 10 a.m. for a new episode on Deep Dive Radio. So long for now, folks. Hey, folks. Did you know that Deep Dive Radio has a store now? That's right. You can go on deepdiveradio.com forward slash store and you can buy our coffee mug. And now, brand new, we have a t-shirt. So head on over to the store and get your merchandise right now.